0: This is the Pep Talk. Now, here's Ernie Anastas and Patricia Stark.
1: Great song, Frank Sinatra. Love and marriage. Here it goes.
0: Love and marriage.
1: Uh, That's what we're talking about today.
0: Relationships. Yeah, you know,
1: uh, I think relationships are very, very important in life. And and we know that. I mean, you know, we're married. We understand what it's like to have children. Uh, So we both have our our share of that understanding of life. And it's a good thing. And I think a lot of people think about, do you know how many marriages there are approximately in the United States every year?
2: How many people get married each year? Yeah, how many marriages? No,
1: what's the number? Over 2 million. 2 million every year? 2 million every year in the U.S. alone. So that's a lot of people, Patricia, looking for happiness. It
2: is. I wonder how those numbers have changed over the years, how Mm. they compare to 10 years ago or even 20 or 30 years ago. I'd be interested to. I
1: guess probably more. Don't you think so? The population has grown. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would guess so. But, you know, I think that marriage is an important part of life for a lot of people. Some people choose not to get married. Mm. But a relationship of some sort is important. That's what we're talking about today is having someone in your life, somebody who's really significant and part of what you do all the time.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, if you think of everything that we do comes down to relationships, whether it's our friendships or the love of our life or our work interactions, it's all based on relationships. Yeah.
1: And you look at people, you know, I think we talked about this once before, centenarians, People who live over 100 years old. And one of the factors in life is to have someone in life that you share your life with. Mm-hmm. And having that kind of relationship, I think, is very important. It keeps you solid. It keeps you based.
2: It does. Yeah. And I think that when we have the relationships as also friendships, that that really makes a big difference. Mm. So, for instance, with your spouse, if they're also your friend, your chances of having a good solid thing increase exponentially. And yeah. same thing with coworkers mm-hmm. and other people in your life. If they feel like a friend, yeah. I think that's a different level.
1: That friendship is very important, what you're talking about, because it's like... If you're just together alone, let's say, for example, empty nesters, Mm. once the children are gone, you know, what do you have? And many times those couples run into problems because they really haven't nurtured their personal relationship. It's all been about the kids. That's very true. And and
2: even for younger people, I see with the friends and family that I know that, you know, after the honeymoon phase is over and all, when you're, you know, you're Uh starstruck with someone. Sure. And that fades away, as it always will. I mean, you'll still feel that love and excitement, hopefully. But... If friendship isn't there mm-hmm. and that little bit of glisten rubs off,
1: yeah. you're in trouble. Absolutely. <laughs> you're right. Well, now we're going to talk about that with a special guest right now. I'm going to start with a little music, though, first of all. Here it is.
0: Go into the chapel and we
1: Ah, the Dixie Cups. We all know that song, Going to the Chapel. Let's continue talking about love, marriage, and relationships, Patricia. Our special guest is joining us right now, Dr. Chloe Carmichael, clinical psychologist and the author of Ten Commandments of Dating. Hi, Chloe.
3: Hi. Hi, Ernie. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Chloe. Great to be back with you both. The purpose is love, so that sounds totally fine. (laughs) Mm,
1: Ten
2: commandments of dating. How did you come up with ten or narrow it down to ten? Like, kind of give us an overview. Mm -hmm. You
3: know what, Patricia? It's really funny. Actually, back when Ernie was anchoring the Fox 5, 6 o'clock news, Mm -hmm. he asked me to provide some tips. For dating season in New York yeah and I didn't want to run out of material with Ernie on the air so I came up with 10 tips and Ernie's the one who said you have to put those into
2: a book oh that's so great so that became the foundation for the whole book I love it
1: yeah yeah it's a great book and you've done so well with this Chloe you know you spent a lot of time working with your clients and talking to people everywhere and you know give us an overview because this is the subject today we're talking about love marriage relationships What do you think about today's world in terms of how couples, you know, approach marriage or approach their relationships? Has it changed over the years?
3: Yes, it has. And I have to say, I was listening to your conversation as well. And I totally agree with what you were saying about how you have to maintain a friendship, which is, you know, one of the things that's happened, Ernie, to your point about how things have changed, is that we're all so busy now. So I really encourage couples to, you know, for example, date at least twice a week mm-hmm. and also to double date whenever possible, because to your point, Patricia, how, you know, that infatuation goes away. But when you get to be around people that are seeing your partner kind of through fresh eyes, it's almost like when someone comes to New York and I tour them around mm-hmm. and they, they see the city with fresh eyes, right. see someone, see your spouse with fresh eyes can actually freshen them up for you. <laughs>
2: That's so good. I love that. Yeah. And what a great analogy when you're used to looking at the city or some place in, in one way, and then you bring mm. someone new into it. And it's almost like you get to be a kid again when you hang out yep. with a kid. So yep. to have that fresh perspective
1: is brilliant. Chloe and Patricia, I met a guy many years ago, a young guy, and he was out looking for someone. And he said, you know, he said, I, I really want to find someone in my life. And I said, OK, what are you going to do? He said, I have a rule, the four seasons rule. I said, what is that? He said, I need to be with someone for those four seasons because he said people change their personality changes. He said, I'm an outgoing guy and I love to ski. I like to go out there during the wintertime. If this person doesn't do that, we're not going to be compatible. And then in the summertime, I'm very active. I like to swim. I like to go different. And it was so interesting. And he found somebody and they did the four seasons and it worked out. I've heard that before, and I love
2: that. And I think it makes sense because there's kind of like that rhythm over a full year period Mm. of the highs and lows, the peaks, those changes throughout a year where you really get to know someone Mm -hmm. better if you at least give it that kind of rhythm. Yeah. What
1: do you think about that, Chloe?
3: Well, it's great. I love it. And what he's also highlighting there is actually another thing I think is a smart thing to do, which is that couples should find a hobby or a club or an activity that you enjoy together. Because to Patricia's and your point about the importance of staying friends, Psychology studies show that friendships are built oftentimes through doing activities together. Mm -hmm. So that gentleman, he was not only seeing people in four seasons, but every season involved an activity or a hobby that they were doing and growing together. So that's also really important to keep things fresh and growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: that makes sense. Now, I know that our listeners are probably thinking, all right, you just came on talking about 10 commandments of Uh dating. What are these 10 commandments, Chloe?
3: Well, rule one, briefly done. So I actually made them all rhyme in Dr. Coy's Ten Commandments of Dating. So rule one, briefly done, meaning that when you're doing your first date, you know, this isn't so much for married people, but I encourage people to keep that first date brief because part of the goal of a first date is Mm -hmm. really to see how the person follows up. But I mean, as far as dating your spouse, I think it's really important sometimes to actually even take turns planning the date and and go along with it as if it was your first date, you know, with that kind of friendly, like, let Mm -hmm. me impress you. Let me be agreeable. That type of attitude. Pretend it's a first date. Keeps it nice and fresh
1: like that. I like that idea. What else do you have on that list? You got a big list there.
3: Yeah, I do. I mean, and for, for the couples, I think as well it can be helpful to try to find three things per day that you like, admire, or appreciate about your spouse or partner because when we are really close with someone, we almost start thinking of them like an extension of ourselves and if we're perfectionists and we're hard on ourselves, we can start being hard on our partner. Mm -hmm. So we can counteract that by every day you have to find three things that you like, admire, or appreciate about them or that they do for you and hopefully tell them.
2: I was just going to say, do you share that with each other? Yes. I think usually good to do that
1: yeah and basically what we're talking about here is communication okay that's just being connected to each other and talking i think a lot of couples too you know stop talking to Mm -hmm. each other they found you know that maybe they've talked about everything i don't know or maybe they're just too busy doing other things and they don't spend enough time with each other and i think that's really important that contact yes yeah,
3: exactly. That's why I recommend that couples date at least twice a week. A lot of couples mm-hmm. know they've heard about a weekly date night. But I find that when you do just one, you spend the whole time kind of catching up on business, you know, like, oh, the water heater is off or whatever. <laughs> and if you have two dates a week, then you have more time to explore. And I also love to keep a list of things that you want to talk about or that you want to share, because we've all had that Throughout the day, like we're thinking of a million things and we text each other all day. But then when we're actually on a date, like you said Ernie, it feels sometimes like our conversation Mm -hmm. well has run dry. So I sometimes text Celeste and then save it all in a list to talk about in person.
1: There you go.
2: Now, how do you keep that, though, from being like a to-do list or a time that, you know, we're kind of overwhelming each other with all the things that we want to talk about? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, daily, on a daily basis, we're all dealing with the housekeeping, the having, you know, running the family, running the house, things like that. So how do we make that date be kind of a break from all of that, where it can just be light and airy for the two people?
3: Yes, definitely by having two days a week so you have time for it. And on that, you know, love list of conversation topics, It shouldn't just be like, oh, fix the water heater. It should also be, oh, this news story I saw, or, oh, I ran into this funny person. Just little things that are the fabric of your life that you would just normally share in conversation. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to keep those things on a list, because otherwise we might show up to our date with our spouse and be Mm -hmm. kind of frazzled and and draw a blank. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Chloe, I know you have so many different, uh, you know, these commandments are great, and we'll go back to them in a minute. But I wanted to ask you something else that came up once in conversation. There are many people also who are looking for a relationship later in life who have perhaps lost a mate or other different circumstances, whether it's a divorce or whatever, and and they're looking for something and it's later on in life. What advice do you have for these people who who are searching to say, okay, how do I get started? What do I do? How do I feel comfortable about that? Because sometimes there are other people involved, perhaps children who are looking at you and saying, well, do you really want to do that or so forth? You know what I'm talking about.
3: I do, exactly, 100%. So definitely Our Time and Silver Singles are good apps for older people that want to start dating, Mm -hmm. and I definitely encourage it. Social connection is so important, but you're absolutely right, Ernie. Sometimes the person's adult children are uncomfortable with it, and it can be for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage you to hold your ground with your children and remind them that this is your life and that if you want to be with somebody that you hope that they will support you and and encourage that, but that it is really not their choice to make. And I think it's important to make it really clear with them that their feelings about it may be up for discussion, but your choice to date is not up for discussion. It's not their choice to make. And Mm -hmm. when we can make that very clear for kids, adult kids, that can help to, you know, kind of settle them down when they feel the boundary.
2: Mm -hmm. Now that's good advice. Yeah. (laughs) How about on the flip side of that? I know a lot of younger people right now that are looking for that relationship or that friendship. And they have kissed a lot of frogs, you might say, you know, going on these dating apps, getting ghosted. And there's a lot of issues for younger people right now. And I'd love to know your thoughts on, first and foremost... How do you build that relationship with yourself first so that you take care of yourself and like yourself before you pass all this judgment that you haven't found that perfect soulmate yet?
3: Well, that's a great question, Patricia. And I like to think of it as kind of a yes and situation because yes, we want to be working on ourselves, you know, before we you know, necessarily try to find a partner if there's something really an issue we have to work on. On the other hand, We don't have to make ourselves perfect and, quote, fix ourselves before we can find someone because people grow and they heal and they learn together. So if somebody has issues, you know, where they... They tolerate abuse or they have a pattern of really going for, you know, wrong people, then I would say, yes, work on that issue before you date. But if you're just, you know, trying to learn how to eat healthier or practice better Mm -hmm. self-care or whatever, I wouldn't let that necessarily stand in your way of going out and finding a partner because you don't have to have everything solved in order to date. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, one of the other things, too, that we've heard a lot about, and I think it's, it's very important, and that is you create a certain synergy. When you have a relationship with someone, whether you're, you know, married or not married, but just being with someone, there's a synergy and there's an, an opportunity to create something together. Someone once said, well, I'm going from me to we. And if you start thinking that way, you start thinking that, hey, here we have an, a chance to be able to do something together, to enjoy whatever it is, an event, a hobby or some activity or just whatever it is, helping to create a home environment, taking care of someone, whether it's a pet or a child. I think that's important to understand that you're in it together yeah. and you're not alone.
2: Like a team. Yeah,
1: like a team. And yet at the same time to have some opportunity to feel like you have something on your own. Like yes. if you if you go off and you do something, it's okay. Right. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. What do you think, Chloe?
3: Yes, of course. We all have to have that. In psychology, we actually call it enmeshment. If, you know, you're it's so deep in the relationship, you know, that you lose yourself. Yes. But you're absolutely right, Ernie, that there is that power of we, and it can be transformative. And, you know, Patricia, to your point about how people can sometimes get a little burnt out on dating and it can be overwhelming. I go to rule six, not in a blitz. That's rule six in my 10 commandments of dating book. And that is, is that you say to yourself, I'm a special person and just like a specialized executive doesn't just go out and get a new job overnight. It actually takes, you know, more successful people sometimes longer to find an appropriate position. You can take the same attitude about dating and say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to go on two or three first dates a week for six months. Mm -hmm. And I think that during that time, I'll find someone, you know, that works. And that way, you're managing your expectations and you're not doing like yo yo dieting of dating. Some people literally go on (laughs) like
2: like
3: eight or nine dates a week for a month, and then they feel burnt out and they don't want to date at all for three months, and then they go do it all over again. So, yeah, I think that's a great point.
2: Yeah, great point because I know a lot of people get down on themselves if something doesn't happen right away and they let the numbers add up and they're like, oh, I've gone on all these different dates and there's still nothing happening. And instead of kind of, like you said, being in it for the long haul and knowing that to find the right person can take some time, mm-hmm. you're right. It, it makes you then not look at it as a negative thing to, you know, kind of sample around.
1: Yeah. And you know what? The other thing, too, that I want to bring up, and this is important to, to really broaden the conversation. In life, the reality of life is that things do become problematic sometimes. And in a relationship, that can happen. So there are couples who are saying, you know what? I, I, we have a problem. So what are we going to do about this? Sometimes they ignore it. Sometimes they talk about it. But Chloe, from your experience, okay, as a clinical psychologist, if there are couples who have a problem, what's the best way for them to handle this thing? What do they do?
2: Four one eight five thousand, or visit them at frankbrunolaw dot com. That's frankbrunolaw dot com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno.
3: Well, first of all, I encourage them to congratulate themselves on being, you know, willing and able to acknowledge the issue mm. because sometimes people want to just, you know, pretend and bury their head in the sand. So being able to face it and talk about it, let's give ourselves a pat on the back for that. And then I would also say, you know, let's normalize it. Just like, you know, if you're a single person and you run into an issue in your life, don't feel like you're the only person who ever had an issue, right? Because then that makes it all feel heavier. So if you remember, every couple, you know, has challenges. Now, next, what to do If you decide you want to see a couples therapist, I always encourage people to uh, really interview the person. So, you know, ask them, how often have you worked with people that have issues like ours in the past? And how many sessions does it usually take? Because you want to make sure that you have a couples therapist that is solution oriented. Now, another thought is for people who maybe don't want to do a couple therapists and they're having communication issues, because okay. that's one of the most common issues, is to try a technique from therapy called reflective listening, where person A tells person B exactly how they feel about an issue. And then person B just simply repeats it back to them, reflects hmm. it back in a tone of voice that remembers, hey, That's I'm with a reasonable person, and so I'm going to repeat this back in a way that shows I understand it and that I can see the reason in it. And then you reverse roles so that both people get listened and reflected back and A lot of times couples are just talking past each other and that's where their problems are coming in. So reflective listening can help a lot.
2: I think that's a great suggestion because I know that I've experienced it people I talk to, you know, sometimes you're not really hearing what the other person is saying and that kind of forces you to be really a good listener and then to give back what you think you heard Mm -hmm. and gives the other person the opportunity to say, yeah, that's how I meant it. Or maybe they didn't mean it that way. Sometimes, you know, the meaning and how someone receives it are two different
1: Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's the, huge. And this is an interesting point as well. We've known a lot of couples over the years and there have been several couples that were having difficulties. I mean, nothing major, but just difficulties and they just needed some time. And instead of divorcing, they ended up just sort of separating and taking time away from one another for a while and absolutely worked for them. Like after a year or so, they realized that they really needed that person, that they had gone out and done whatever they needed to do to have that space, but then came back and said, you know what? It's been a year or even two years. And it's a good thing that we didn't finalize this thing. And now we're back together again. That can happen too. And I'm sure you've seen that in your practice.
3: Oh, absolutely. Because it's one of those grass is always greener situations where we can imagine, oh, the single world must be so amazing. And then, you know, you get out there and and you actually have some experiences and you say, I want my honey back.
2: Right. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I recently just this reminded me of a fortune cookie I had not that long ago. And the line on the fortune cookie was, home is where we are loved the most and grumble the worst.
1: (laughs) There you go. And I Mm -hmm. thought that
2: was such a great fortune cookie because it's so true in many cases where you can maybe not always appreciate what you have. Mm -hmm. You can take things for granted. You can kind of like stop putting the work into things sometimes that you should be.
3: Exactly. Another fun way to just jumpstart that newness and see something new together is literally to travel if at all possible To a place or a culture where you've never been before, because it forces you to depend on each other in a new way. And again, you're seeing each other in a new light and you're seeing everybody else see your partner in a new way, especially if you can travel to a different culture.
1: That's great. listen, here's to happiness, okay? In any kind of a relationship you're in, here's to happiness and and good things. I think that's so important for us to always remember.
2: Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. All right, Dr. Mm -hmm. Chloe, what a joy to have you on with us. Yeah, thank you so
2: much. Just tell us the name of the book again, Chloe. Give us the name of the book. Thank you, Patricia. Dr. Chloe's
3: Ten Commandments of
2: Dating. (laughs) I love it. And that's dating whether you're not in a relationship or dating while you're even married.
1: Exactly. With
2: each other.
3: (laughs)
1: Covering all those bases, right? Dr. Chloe Carmichael, thank you so much for joining us on our broadcast today, okay?
2: Thanks, Chloe. Good thank stuff. You. Take
1: care. All, all right. right. What a great conversation. Loved it. Oh, I love that. It's yeah. so
2: true. And, you know, everything comes down to relationships. I was listening to Brene Brown. She was talking. Sure. She's a big, you know, author, and she talks many times about a lot of things. And I don't remember the specifics of the story, but the story was everyone was asking her about this one group that she was talking to, and they thought that they were going to all have other concerns. Uh-huh. Every single one of them only just wanted to talk about relationships. That's and it she laughed and she said everything still always comes back so to relationships. So So
1: basic. Yes. We're going to have Sinatra come back just a little bit as we say goodbye and we hope we've uh, enlightened you in some ways and, and provided you with information that can be helpful to your life and we're certainly happy that you're here. Every, yes. every, uh Every time that you can tune in on wabcradio.com.
2: And this has been Pep Talk and please also join us live on Sundays for Positively Ernie and Patricia from 5 to
1: 6 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, we'll be looking for you. Okay, Frank's going to take us on the way out now with a little love and Marriage. thanks everybody we'll talk to you next time bye-bye. bye-bye
0: love and marriage love and marriage they go together like a horse and carriage this i'll tell you brother you can't have one without the other love and marriage love and marriage it's an institute you can't disparage